there's another there's a show that I watch occasionally. It's called uh, Auction Kings, and it's uh, located out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, they scour the area for things to auction off, and they tell the story about what's going on, and then they have the auction, and then they auction off those items. And they make it known that when they have an auction or whatever it is, that if they're having something special there, they make sure that they select or they choose to go after the audience that would be interested in such a thing. Uh, on a recent edition, they had there they had a. A 65 Mustang Red Coupe. It's been restored. And uh, I said, oh, that one looked nice. Uh, and they, no, but they had people in there that were interested in it. And, of course, the bidding goes up and so on and so forth. But there are other, other things there that seem to be priceless or for some, and yet they can't get any bids off of it. It's almost what we have with heaven. We've got something that is glorious, that is out of sight. But it's hard to find those who are interested in heaven. They have settled on that deal for the lesser price. They have settled in their lives for that which they can tangibly touch and relate to, as opposed to trusting God that the end result far excels whatever it is that we go through here in this life. John, as he's writing in the first epistle of his, and in chapter 2, and verse 12 and following, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, forgiven you for his name's sake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it but he who does the will of, the, of God abides forever. And so there's a choice, a deal to make. You're going to choose the things of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They're not presented in that particular fashion, but that's what they are. The things that catch the eye. The things that appeal to the flesh and the things that appeal to the vanity of man. You see it in the world all around us. People getting caught up into it. It's hard to catch or hard to convince or talk to one who is pursuing one of these three or trying to pursue all three of them to get them to see that there's a better choice. 
Again, observation in the world shows you that, again, everything that is pursued is vanity. We look at the athletes today. We looked at them years ago, wherever it is, and, and the, the pursuit of riches is elusive. It's not lasting. does not bring what they think it brings. Oftentimes, it brings further destruction for them. Or the things that appear to the flesh over a period of time will lose their appeal. And it's hard for us to live in this world and not allow the things of this world to catch your eye. They're always placed before us. They're always there. And it's hard to convince one who is caught up in the lust of the flesh or the pride of life to get them to see that there's something far beyond what they're pursuing right now. You can look at any, look at the world in general, doesn't matter where it is, and you can see individuals who have had the reputation, and then the reputation fades, and it's gone. Sort of interesting to me, I guess, as time unfolds to see Pat Boone hawking walk-in tubs. Uh, Younger ones don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, the older ones have some idea who Pat Boone is. Or, and uh, to see where he was, and then to see what he's doing now, or to see others that, you know, that uh, had that young appeal and everything else, and see where they are now, it's just kind of interesting. It's interesting to see the Fonz uh, years down the road trying to hawk uh, reverse mortgage uh, sales along the way and trying to get people convinced to do that. Whatever it is, it's vanity, short-lived, and it's gone. And it's hard to convince them that there is something worth pursuing. Forgo the immediate and see what the long term is. And that's the challenge that we have in a life that we live. Satan will give the immediate pleasures and rewards. Usually it requires no effort. Sad commentary when you read again the damage that is done by the immediate satisfaction that the world seeks after. And the news recently was a case of that 17 year old girl that had lung damage because of vaping. But she had been vaping for two years. She's 17 been vaping daily for two years. So when did she start? It has its appeal, but it has its damage that comes as a result of that. And we don't see that because it's not to happen. How many reports have you seen where the individuals who have gone through that have made the statements that they knew that it was wrong or knew that it, there was a danger there, but it's not going to happen to me. That's the world, is it not? I know it's going to be dangerous. I know it can happen. But it's not going to happen to me. Just look around. I mean, the news is filled. The position that a person holds has nothing to do 
with making foolish decisions. They can do it in a heartbeat. How many public officials have lost their jobs because they drank one too many? And yet they never realized that that's what they did. I mentioned I have a police chief, and, I, and you hear it said all the time, I said, yes, every time you stop somebody who's driving under the influence, they never believe that they were incapable of driving. I can still drive. I know what I'm doing. I just hit that cow and a few other things that got in my way, but I'm okay. What deal do we make? Give my soul for a few moments of pleasure. Again, this general observation in the world tells you that that is absolutely foolish. Again, how many times have you heard somebody down through times, I wish I had never started. I wish I had chosen a different course. I wish I had not run with that particular crowd and incurred the damage that is there. And yet the world tells you, it's okay, it really doesn't matter. You can engage in whatever activities you want to engage in. We've got the medicine that will help you take care of it. You don't have to stop doing what you're doing. Wow, what a society. But nothing new under the sun. They've been doing that for centuries. Thousands of years they've been doing that. And yet they don't hear and it's hard to get them to see just over in that glory land. Do you not understand what's there? Do you not understand if you're not in glory land where you are, will be? And that consequence. And that's just made a joke of by many in the world. Well, if I go to hell, I'm just going to be with all my friends and we'd be so busy talking we won't have time to worry about where we're at. Foolish, foolish, foolish concepts we have. We have no grasp of eternity. No way of comprehending either the beauty of heaven. How do you describe it? How do you comprehend the beauty of heaven? And how do you describe the horrors of hell? And what's there? And to realize, I choose, I make a deal. What deal am I choosing? Which one seems more appealing? And, and the answer is found in the world. For most people, they're going to choose the wrong one. They're going to choose the wrong door to go in. And it's hard to convince them you made a wrong choice. You're going to make a wrong choice. Because they do not want to look at it long term. But there is a consequence that comes along the way. It feels good. That's how you do it. If it looks good, go ahead and take it. If it sounds good, go for it. And the allurement is there. And if not careful, it catches us. It's got a lot of people along the way. That allurement of popularity, whatever else may be. When I was working my way through school in Memphis, I had a job that uh, I worked for Guy's Potato Chips. 
I mean, I, as work for guys, this is a side note. Every time I come home, Pat wanted me to bring a Fritos. I said, I don't have Fritos. I have corn chips. Uh, Fritos is the brand name for somebody else. That's not what I sell. But as I was doing my jobs and going around from place to place, you know, stocking the, the stores, I came across a lady, and we got to talking. She was a member of the church, and we're in the Memphis area, and she says, she said, I just long one day, I just love to meet Pat Boone face to face and talk to him and ask him why he gave up what he did to do what he was doing. Why would you make that choice? Popularity, it gets a lot of people. And again, those who are not careful, even in the Lord's church, can allow that to have an impact upon them. The passing pleasures of sin described in Hebrews 11 and verse 25. That's what they are, passing pleasures. And then there's a price to pay. Whatever it is, there's a price. Spiritually, it's an eternal price. And the choice needs to be made very carefully along the way. God offers you a deal. Why would we not choose it? He said, I will offer you eternal life. A home in heaven. And all you need to do is to give up sin in your life. Give up that which is slowly destroying both your physical body and your spiritual body. Give up that which is short-lived and accept what is long-term. And the reward is out of this world. The life you live here is totally different. We live in a world where we see it all the time with those who are not able to go to work because they've had a long weekend. Those who are not able to do their job because they're not able to function when they get to work. And to be able to live a life to where you can enjoy See, the Christian gets to enjoy what God has created. There are those that see a beauty in in the world. But for the Christian, you know, it's Psalm 19, 1 and 2. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the earth shows forth his handiwork. I like that part of it. The earth shows forth God's handiwork. And you look around and you see that handiwork of God. Roy will tell you about it if you want to see the handiwork of God. Work with bees for a while. I prefer to hear him talk about it than I do to be want to be around the beehives. But this to see how they work and how they function. That's the handiwork of God. And it's there for our enjoyment. The trees, the different shades, the different kinds, how they function, what they do. Beyond, I mean, there's a beauty there you cannot see. Animals. Watch the animal plant. I mean, see what animals are doing and capable of doing. And the beauty that is there, that is beyond comprehension. Handiwork of God. And the essence he's saying, if you can see my handiwork here, 
And if it awes you and takes your breath away, what must heaven be like? I'm going to be where there is no sun, S-U-N, because the sun is there, the S-O-N, and there is no need for the physical sun. Longing to be in a place where there is no physical temple, as it was for the Jews of Jesus' day in the temple in Jerusalem. A beauty beyond, beyond comprehension. We can only imagine. Draw some imageries that we can from scriptures and some other inf information we have. But see, that, that's gone. Because the Lord is the temple. There will not be that physical attraction because we'll be in the presence of God. Why would I not want that? Pleasant to the eyes. Relief from the physical body. And it gives that eternal reward. But it's a choice that we have to make along the way. Eternity. But it does require effort. It's offered. It's a free gift. You have to accept it. But when you accept it, you've made a commitment. You made a commitment with God. God says, here is what I will give you. It's yours. You need to follow me. And we need to understand God does not lie. If I follow him, the reward is there. If I choose not to follow him, the reward is not there. He requires my life to be given to him. My service to be given to him. The resisting of temptation. The enduring of persecution that comes along the way. You endure all these things and do what he asks. You're not earning it. He's already given it to you. There's no way that we can earn a gift from God. There's no way that we can pay back what God has done for us beyond what we can even conceive of. But we can be rewarded for trusting, loving, and serving Him. The Bible refers to this deal as eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is what He offers to us. Freedom from death and an eternal life with him. And the price, when it is something that you love to do, it is not a chore. And it's not considered as a hardship. It's done out of love. Always appreciate the moms. Dads have had to do it occasionally too, but not as much as moms have to spend all night up with a sick child. And they just dread every moment of it. Is that right? Just dread every moment of it. No. 
It's not a dread at all. It's not a hardship. It's love. It's what's done out of love. We've mentioned before our first child was colic. And the only time she really got colicly was on Saturday night. And we get to spend all night swapping off. You take her for two hours, I'll take her for two hours. You take her for two hours, I'll take her for two hours. And you know what comes after Saturday night? <laughs> Sunday morning! <laughs> Let's be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and we had a good time. But it's love. There's no hardship in that. And there's no regret in that. No regret for any time spent in love for those that you love. What must heaven be like? Again, I said before, you've been given the physical life for you to catch a glimpse of what's going on and what happens in the spiritual life and the rewards that come. I finally reached that plateau that I've heard so many people say along the line. If I knew grandkids were going to be so much fun, I would have had them first. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's a different world. And uh, I probably already sense that there are changes that are going to take place in somebody I know that uh, my son will probably pick up on. You didn't let me do that. Uh, you know, grandparents say when they're away from the child, let the, let the child cry. It's good for the child. Except that the grandparents are in the house. Then the grandchild doesn't cry. You take care of that child. Uh, you know, that child don't need to cry. But simply saying the rewards, they're beautiful down here. The family that we've been given is, is beautiful. The help that they give to each other is this out of this world. Again, what must heaven be like? To be in the presence of God and those who have loved God and served him down through the years, been faithful to him. There's no heartache in that. There's no regret in that. There's no wishing that we've made a different choice in that. That's where we want to be. That's where we long to be. That's where we desire to be. And yet, there's so many who, even after they become Christians, will choose Satan's offer over God's offer. And that's sad. Once they tasted of that heavenly gift, how do you renew them again? How do you get them to see what they've missed? Because they've already tasted that. And they've chose to go back on that. Hard to restore. How do you get to see that the gold that is unseen is worth what you're offering for it. I give my life to Jesus. Love to tell the story. Desire those rewards that he has to give. They're all there. 
And yet, why do we turn away from them so much? The promises that God offers are for eternity. Promises Satan offers, they're not even for a lifetime. They're not even for a lifetime. It's not long down the road. We've already mentioned some of those that within two years they've already found out that what Satan offered them isn't what he said it was. So already turned sour. So already made brought destruction. So already cost lives. It's not what it says it is. What God promises lasts for eternity. And we're promised and we're told that God cannot lie. What he offers is true. What he promises is true. Ours is indeed will we accept it along the way. Moses understood, we've looked at him before, the difference in making the right choice. Choose rather to suffer Ill, Ill affliction with God's people than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You make a choice. And now every choice it has to be based on information. And information has to come from some place. And what, where are you drawing your information from? Say we reach the time and whatever it is that you've taken, whatever product that you've used at anywhere down through time, you're subject to receiving a substantial compensation for it. Because everything that you've taken causes problems. <laughs> That's all the commercials you see today or information you see today, is it not? If you have taken this, this, or this, or this, you are entitled to substantial compensation. If you've had this kind of surgery and things have gone wrong, you can get rewarded for it. Whatever it is that you've done, trying to do what is right, trying to take care of your property, whatever else it is, it's not what has been promised. That's here. What will it be like to eternally face Satan's wrong promise to you? You're not going to die. God's not going to punish you. He loves you too much to do that. That wouldn't be fair. That wouldn't be right. What are you going to do then? But then it's too late why God gives us time as we live as we walk day by day to choose correctly make right choices what type of deal are you making who are you making it with I guess that's the key who are you making your deal with you make choices Oftentimes we understand consequences of those choices but we still make them why Because we chose to believe a lie rather than believe in the truth. And the truth is, sin kills. God's love can save and give life. The question, why do you wait? Why do we wait? When we learn what it is that we need to do, when we learn there are changes that we need to make in our life, when we learn that there are things that we need to stop doing and things we need to start doing, why do we wait? 
What do we hope to gain by a further delay? There's only danger in death and delay. Why do we wait? Now is the time. Now is the only time that you've been promised. It's yours now. Next minute may not be yours. What choice will you make? And how will you choose to live your life? God wants you to serve him. He'll reward you. But more than that, he will help you through this life. Give you the strength that you need. Give you the blessings that are yours. Give you assistance through his word. So that you can go and have that home with him. Why do you wait? If you're subject that, to that invitation, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.